1: On this program, we are featuring Captain Buzz Corey in one of the exciting adventures from the wide, vast reaches of space, Space Patrol. The most outstanding space adventure program went on the air in 1950 and was seen every Saturday coast to coast on ABC television. It was so popular that listeners asked for more. And it became the first and perhaps the only program to go from TV to radio. And for more than five years, listeners everywhere enjoyed Space Patrol!
2: High adventure in the wild, vast reaches of space, missions of daring in the name of interplanetary justice, travel into the future with Buzz Corey, Commander in Chief of the Space Patrol! And now, today's space patrol adventure, The Mystery of the Masked Martians. At regular intervals, giant towers rise up from the Martian desert, ready to relay power along the equator to a city far beyond the horizon. Around an uncompleted tower is a cluster of temporary buildings and stacks of supplies. In the office of Ed Hicks, Superintendent of Construction, Buzz and Happy look on
3: as Hicks points to a map in this section of Mars. You got all these towers up without a bit of trouble, Buzz. But from the minute we set up camp at this site, things have happened. What kind of things happened? Well, I suppose you could sum it up as sabotage. Supplies disappeared, and food mostly. Mess hall burned down three nights ago. We've had accidents. Accidents? Anyone hurt? Uh, not seriously, but it slowed down our work considerably. Men have reached a point where they, well, they
4: don't trust each other. Uh-oh. On a job like this, that's bad. Yeah, you're right, cadet. Still, there's nothing tangible to go on outside of these accidents. And they might be due to the men's nervousness. Yeah,
3: nothing tangible. Except that one of my men is missing. Oh? One of the foremen, Turk Fowler, new man, he wasn't well liked. Could your men have ganged up on him? In their present state of mind, possibly. One of our scout tanks is missing, too. Then this man Fowler may have run off. Yeah. But anyone with any sense would have headed west toward the nearest settlement. Tracks leading from the camp indicate that the scout tank headed east. East?
4: There's nothing in that direction for hundreds of miles, except for a wooded section about 30 miles away. Yeah, I know. As far as you know, then, there have been no strangers lurking around the camp. No. No strangers
3: at all, except for the girl. What girl? I don't know her name. She drove into camp yesterday in a surface car. Wanted to buy some food. Seems she ran short of supplies. What was the girl doing out here? I don't know. I didn't see her myself. From what my assistant said, she was doing some
4: exploring over to the east. Could there be any connection between this girl and the mysterious events in the camp? Or the disappearance of Fowler? I don't see how. How? Frankly, I can't see a
3: sensible explanation for anything. Fowler may have left because he was afraid of the men or afraid of what's going on here. Still, he seems to have headed in the direction the girl did, toward the east. Well, Ed, if your men won't talk to you, I doubt that I could get anything out of them. Right now, at least. But
4: I'm worried about Fowler. If there'd been an atmosphere ship at the camp, I'd have sent somebody to look for him. Fowler doesn't want to be found. A search by air would give him a chance to hide. But another scout tank could follow his tracks across the wastelands. Have you got one available? Yeah, sure. I'll have one fueled up right away. Fine. Happy and I'll try to find them.
2: Mile after mile, Buzz and Happy follow the tracks of the stolen scout tank across the Martian desert. Then, across the almost level wasteland, they see a range of low hills covered with what on Mars is thick vegetation. As the spinning treads of their scout tank bring them closer to the hills, Happy turns to Buzz.
4: Commander, this is all beginning to look familiar. Sure, half. We were here a few weeks ago to rescue that girl scientist. Oh, yeah. And that knoll up there, that's where the spaceship crashed 900 years ago. The wreck that was supposed to have a treasure aboard. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, Commander, look up ahead. There's a vehicle of some kind. That's not a scout tank. It's an ordinary surface car. And it looks like it's stalled in the sand. Must be equipped with special treads or couldn't maneuver on this terrain. Well, didn't Ed Hicks say the girl who came into camp was driving a surface car? Yes. We'll stop and have a look. No one in the car, sir. And no one's in sight. The tracks of that scout tank continue right past the car. And on toward those wooded hills. Look at these footprints. They lead from the surface car to the tank tracks. Oh, then the girl got out of this car and into the tank. And she must have gone willingly. There's no sign of a struggle. Let's take a look in the car. see who this car is registered to. Oh, this car is registered to a vehicle renting company in Lowell City. Then Miss Loring must have driven all the way from Lowell City, hundreds of miles across the desert all by herself. Uh, Apparently she's not alone now. Do you think she's in any danger from Fowler? Uh, Perhaps not. I'd like to know why he stole a scout tank and headed in this direction. Come on, Hal. Let's get back in the tank and follow these tracks. There's the tank, sir. Right at the edge of the woods. Uh Uh-huh. And over at the left is the wrecked spaceship. The Black Star. I don't see anybody up on the knoll. Maybe they're poking around inside the wreck. If that's where they were going, they wouldn't have parked the tank clear over here. They're probably exploring the woods, Hap. Since Fowler may not be too delighted to see us, have your ray gun ready.
2: Cautiously, Buzz and Happy worked their way deep into the woods, following a trail marked by broken twigs and an occasional footprint.
4: They seem to have a definite idea of where they're going. Yes, sir. But who's doing the leading? Miss Loring or Fowler? The girl, probably. Fowler may be holding a gun on her. When we last saw her a few weeks ago, she was convinced that the people that crashed in that ship were space pirates and had hidden stolen jewels somewhere in this area. Not only the jewels, but everything else. The wreck was completely stripped. The last survivor of that wreck must have passed away eight centuries ago. Hey, maybe he left a map, and Miss Loring found it. Mm -hmm. There was one mystery about that wreck that Miss Loring couldn't explain. When the pirates crashed, they space a phone for help. According to the ancient records, there were 20 men and women aboard the Black Star. Eighteen survived the crash. Yes, sir. And help never arrived. Those graves up on the hill near the wreck prove that. That's the mystery. Remember, there are 20 graves. Who buried the last survivor? Hey, that is a mystery. Of course, the simplest explanation is the records are wrong, that there were 21 people aboard. Well, Miss Loring may have all the facts now, Commander. It'll make quite a story. Those pirates landing with a ship full of stolen museum relics from Earth. And there could have been a battle between those who wanted to stay and those who wanted to go... Hold it. I thought I heard something up ahead. There's a movement in that brush. Whoever it is doesn't want to be seen. Careful, Hale. Smoking rockets. What was that? Something struck that tree right behind us. Commander, it's an arrow. Listen, whoever shot it is running away. Well, why would Fowler be using a primitive weapon like a bow and arrow? <coughs> it's a girl. Thana Loring. She's in trouble. Come on, Hap. Easy, Hap. We're coming to a clearing. Hey, Commander, look. Am I losing my mind? Two men in masks. They're holding Thana masks just like the one we found the big teeth, the bulging eyes, and the feathers look how they're dressed in skins like primitives yeah, and they're carrying bows and arrows if they haven't seen us, we'll rush them if they start to shoot, use your ray gun what about Miss Loring? just make her unconscious, we will carry her back to the tank the important thing is to get her away from those men we'll split up, Hap, you go that way yes, sir hey! hey. Happy. Happy, you hurt? No, sir. I didn't see this hole. It was covered up with branches and leaves. Hey, give me a hand, I'll pull you out. Yes, sir. I can't quite reach it. I'll lie down on the edge of the pit. There. That's fine, sir. N- now I can. Commander, look out. What's the matter? Look behind you. There's a man in a mask, and he's got a spear at your back. We'll return to Space Patrol in just a moment.
3: Hello, this is Ephraim Zimbalis, Jr., with a word about your name and rank. What's in a name? If yours is Alfred, it means good counselor. Though your name may not mean showbiz fame, as with Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred Lunt, or Al Jolson, your rank of sergeant means that you're capable of training large groups of troops and getting them into a combat-ready condition if necessary. You lead, and the troops will follow. What's in a name? Plenty.
2: Now, back to our space patrol adventure, The Mystery of the Masked Martian.
4: Don't move, sir. He looks like he's ready to jab you. If you've got your ray gun, give him a blast. It flew out of my hand when I fell. If I can get mine out of my holster without making him suspicious... No! Commander, did he hurt you? Not much, just a warning. He evidently knew I was reaching for a weapon. He's taking your gun. For a savage, this one's smart. He doesn't know how to use my ray gun. He's making sure I won't use it. He's moving it out of reach with his foot.
0: Help him. Get that man out of pit. Commander, he he talks
4: English. Yes. He must know everything we've said. Hurry! All right. Take it easy. Give me your hand, Happy. Yes, sir. Up you go.
0: (sighs) There. You stay right there. Do not move, or I will use my spear.
4: We won't move. Who are you?
0: I am Borg. Captain Borg. Stay where you are. I will kick your weapons into the pit
4: I don't get this, sir These people wear those masks And use bow and arrows and spears And, and yet they can speak English And this one calls himself Captain it could have finished us both with that spear But he didn't I could rush him now, sir That wouldn't help Thawna Loring Even if we overpowered him Well, there go our guns into the pit
0: Go, that way Across the clearing
4: All right, Borg, A Captain Borg But where are you taking us?
0: To the village of my people
4: You shot an arrow at us a while ago. Your men are holding a girl. She's a friend of ours. Now you're threatening us with your spear. Why? We haven't harmed you.
0: That is a lie. The other man drew his weapon. It made big sound. And two of my men fell
4: to the ground. The other man? That must be Fowler. Borg, listen. Those men that fell, there were no wounds on them, were there? No, but they do not move. They're merely asleep. They'll wake up and be all right again. Let us take the girl and the other man, and we'll go away. No.
0: You are not of the Great Ones. You do not wear masks. Therefore, you are evil.
4: Great Ones? Who are the Great Ones?
0: We will not talk here. Go. I will follow you with my spear at your backs.
4: We better humor him, Happy. I think Captain Borg will listen to reason eventually. With
2: the masked Martian walking behind them with raised spear, Buzz and Happy make their way through the woods. At last, they come to a clearing containing a few rude huts. In the face of a cliff are the openings of several caves... As Buzz and Happy are marched through the tiny village, they're aware of faces peering at them through the doorways of the huts. Captain Borg prods them toward a cave guarded by a huge man also wearing one of the strange masks and holding a spear. The guard stands as though he were made of stone, except
0: for a stiff salute to Borg with his long spear. Get in the cave. I will come for you when my crew has decided your fate.
4: Do not attempt to escape all right captain borg but there are a couple of facts you ought to know get in the cave okay take it easy come on happy yes sir. commander hey the girl's in the cave Commander! Are you all right, Miss Loring? As
5: well as can be expected.
4: What about Fowler? Is he here too? Yes,
5: he's asleep in the back of the cave. He was hit by an arrow after he used his ray gun on Borg's men. Is he hurt bad? It's just a flesh wound in the shoulder, but we should get him to a doctor before it becomes infected.
4: From Borg's attitude, that isn't going to be easy. Hey, Miss Loring, who are these people? Do you know? Yes, but the truth is so fantastic, you won't believe it. They're descendants of the people who cracked up in the Black Star. Isn't that right? Yes,
5: Commander. Yes, Commander the most amazing example of survival I've ever heard of.
4: That ship crashed here 870 years ago. That means this is about the 25th generation. Yeah, but those graves on the hill, there are exactly 20. Why aren't there more?
5: That hill's regarded as sacred ground. It's reserved for the
4: great ones. The great ones? Oh, that's the phrase Borg used.
5: Yes, these people believe that their remote ancestors were superior beings who came out of the sky.
4: <laughs> They came out of the sky, all right, but they sure weren't superior. They were pirates. Remember, Happy, in 800 years, facts can become distorted into legends. Yes, but didn't they have any books on the ship?
5: Well, in the struggle for survival, reading probably became a lost art in two or three generations.
4: It must have taken all of their efforts to obtain food. Reading wasn't a practical skill. But those crazy masks, they weren't practical either.
5: No, but they symbolized the great ones. Those masks are copies of those that were aboard the spaceship, Relics of primitive tribes that lived on Earth thousands of years ago.
4: Yet they're not quite like the Earth masks, Miss Loring.
5: Oh, no. After all, these people are intelligent and creative. Each generation probably added its own ideas and designs.
4: Yeah, but you'd think they'd know that people who fly in spaceships don't wear primitive masks. The first few generations probably realized it, but for hundreds of years, everything these people know has been passed on by word of mouth for 30 generations. Yeah, I noticed that Borg calls himself captain and refers to his people as his crew.
5: Yes, those terms are carryovers from the original survivors of the spaceship crash. Each new leader of this colony becomes a captain of the crew.
4: Hmm. Sounds funny at first, but I guess it makes sense. How many people are there in this group now, Miss Loring?
5: Not more than 60.
4: Hey, that's quite a mob when they've got bows and arrows and we haven't got any weapons at all.
5: It's ironic, isn't it? Those primitive weapons, those museum relics, hadn't been aboard that spaceship. These people couldn't have survived.
4: That's right. Chances are the ammunition for the modern weapons was exhausted in a few years. Well, right now I wish the spears and bows and arrows were exhausted. How are we going to get out of this fix? Our chief weapon now is to know how these people think and what they fear.
5: Exactly. Now, if we can convince him... Someone's coming.
4: It's Borg. Well, Captain Borg, what's the verdict?
0: Verdict? I do not understand. But no matter I have met with my crew We have agreed that you will not leave our woods alive
5: You're not going to keep us here
0: It is nearly night Deimos, the large moon, is already climbing across the sky When he is overtaken by his swift little brother Phobos I will come for you The best marksmen of my crew will aim their arrows So that you will not suffer Oh, that's great, thanks a million The great ones will be avenged Until I return. Goodbye.
4: Wow. I've been in some tough spots, but this is a nightmare. How's that shoulder, Fowler? It's pretty sore, otherwise I feel okay All right, now listen The worst I know about you right now is that you stole a scout tank from the construction camp I can explain that I had to get away, the men were blaming me for that sabotage But I didn't have a to... Never mind to... that If we're going to get out of here, we've got to act now With that bad shoulder, you aren't going to be much help in a fight So Happy and I'll jump the guard outside the cave You two be ready to run when Happy and I tackle him Don't worry He's standing out there, holding his spear Let's go yeah. Yeah. Uh, he never knew what hit him. Come on. Fauna, Fauna, let's get out of here. Look, they've got bonfires burning.
5: What a weird sight. The whole village is out, and all in those masks.
4: pack of bloodthirsty savages. Wait. Stand still a minute those bonfires and the light from those two moons we're gonna have a tough time getting away from here without being seen commander look a couple of them are coming this way oh they've seen us i don't think so not yet let's run for it no father we wouldn't stand a chance up ahead a few yards is another cave we'll duck in there until it's clear come on we made it we aren't any better off now than we were before yeah We haven't got a guard standing over us And Borg's crew doesn't know we've escaped yet Just
5: let the commander handle it, Fowler
4: Fowler, turn off that light Take it easy, Commander My back's to the cave opening It won't show from outside One flash of that Otomo light And we'd have the whole village in here on our necks Hey Look back there in the cave Looks like a museum Fowler Shield that light with your hand Happy you and Fauna. Stand close behind Fowler To block any stray beams Yes, sir Wow, look at all this stuff Masks, bows and arrows, spacesuits and tools...
5: And drums, primitive drums. This one is African. And this is... This is a southeastern Asia. Borneo, perhaps.
4: Never and... mind the drums. Look at that. Wow. A whole chest full of gems. Diamonds, rubies, emeralds. Well, this hall is worth at least a million credits. Commander,
5: this cave is, is a sort of a shrine to these people. Here are the relics from their ancestor ship. Preserved for centuries...
4: Interesting, isn't it? Space suits of the 22nd century... next to prehistoric weapons. It's all the same with these people. Fowler, leave those jewels alone. Now, let's take what we can. What good are they to these savages? Put them back. We aren't going to steal the treasures. Commander, are you nuts? This was pirate loot to begin with. Did their ancestors steal it? We haven't got time to argue about ethics and honesty. Do you want to walk out of this cave or do I carry you out? Well, okay... We could all be rich. I'm more interested in getting away from here alive. Commander, shall I see if it's all clear outside the cave? No, wait, Happy. These masks. If we each put on a mask, we might be able to work our way around the edge of the village without being challenged. Yeah, you are nuts. What about our clothes? There's a chance we'll have to take. Unless someone gets very close, our clothing will merge with the darkness. Well, it's worth a try. Sure, even if they know we've escaped, they'd never suspect us of wearing these masks. Come on, pick a mask and let's get out of here.
2: A moment later, four masked figures emerge from the dark cave and stroll casually along the perimeter of the village. At times, they pass within a few yards of the villagers, and the weird masks seem to change expression in the flickering glare of the bonfires. Buzz, Happy, and their two companions at last reach the darkness of the woods. Only then does Buzz permit them to remove their strange
4: disguises. All right, we're safe now. Yeah, if we can find the scout tanks. We can use Phobos up there as a guide. Tanks are almost due west of here. I don't hear any excitement back at the village. I guess they don't know we've escaped yet. Only be a few minutes. Let's get as deep into the woods as we can before that mob comes after us.
5: Commander, what's going to happen to those people back there?
4: If I were you, I'd order a space patrol squadron to wipe them out with blast guns.
5: Fowler, what a dreadful thought.
4: Somehow, we have got to convince these people that we aren't enemies. It'll take time and patience and understanding, but... Eventually, they can learn to live in our modern society.
2: With the two moons of Mars racing across the sky over them, Buzz and his party at last reach the edge of the woods and stand beside
4: one of the scout tanks. Now, let's get into the tank. It's a long trip back to the construction Just a minute. You three are staying here. Hey, what... Commander, he's got a gun. Yeah, and it's a blaster. I'm going to put your tank out of commission, Commander, and then I'm heading for Lowell City. Where did you get that weapon, Fowler? Back in the cave while you were picking out your masks. Now I've also got a handful of those jewels. Don't be a fool. You can't get away with this. Yeah, I was going to stop me? Better think it over. This is a very stupid move. Oh, it is, huh? I've known for weeks that Miss Loring was planning this little one-girl expedition. And I knew if there was a treasure here, I'd make her lead me to it.
5: Commander, I never saw this man until he came out here in that scout tank.
4: Yeah, that's right. But I knew your plans, Miss Loring. I got a job with the tower construction outfit to put me near the treasure. And the sabotage... You engineered that to delay the construction on that particular tower until Miss Loring showed up. Exactly. And her visit to the camp saved me a couple of scouting trips. Now, if you'll stand back, all of you, I'll make sure you can't use this tank to follow me. Give me that gun, Fowler. Corey, I warned you. (laughs) All right, Happy, get him to his feet. Commander, he
5: had that gun pointed right at you. Why, if he'd pull that
4: trigger. He did pull the trigger. Oh, and you took that chance? That wasn't much of a chance. Fowler found that gun in the cave, right? Oh, then you figured it wouldn't fire because it was so old. No, Hap. Old weapons are often as deadly as new ones. I couldn't know about the gun, but I do know human nature. But, sir, what's human nature got to do with the gun not firing? Human beings don't use spears and bows and arrows if there's a more powerful weapon available. I could be almost certain that gun had fired its last shot centuries ago. Okay, Hap, let's get Fowler into the tank. We've got a long trip ahead of us.
1: That concludes this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past half hour. And here's a fact from Uncle Sam's almanac. Racing driver Craig Breedlove set the world's auto land speed record of over 600 miles an hour at Bonneville, Utah in 1965. His wife also set the land speed record for women there in the same car, a jet-powered job named the Spirit of America. And I'd say that does demonstrate the Spirit of America. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to tune in next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.